High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Turn your Bibles to First Samuel chapter 17. I'm going to preach kind of fast today. As you know, we've been in a series called The Weapons of Warfare, Our Weapons of Warfare. And the Bible says, it's what Paul said over in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, that the weapons of our warfare, they are not what? They're not carnal. They're not natural weapons. We don't, we don't fight the way that the world fights. We don't do things the way that the world does things. Understand this, anytime you begin to do things the way that the world does it, you are stooping down to a level that is beneath where you are called to live. I mean, we call, we're called to live on a higher plane. And uh, whenever somebody does something to us, we don't slap back, praise the Lord. We pray for them and we love them. That's what Jesus, as a matter of fact, we bless our enemies, amen? That's what Jesus commanded us to do. And I think so many times what happens with Christians, we begin, can even begin to think the only way that we're going to win is we got to fight the same way the world fights. Let me tell you, we're called to fight on a plane that the world doesn't have an answer for. And whenever you begin to fight in the realm of the Spirit, you've got to understand you are fighting in a plane that is much higher, right? Let, let, me, let me say it like this. You know, thank God, you know, in, a, in any kind of warfare, the reality is this. One of the things that causes wars to be won is air superiority right now. If you don't have air superiority, you cannot win the war. Understand this. You can't fight effectively until, first of all, you begin to deal with the, princes, uh, the prince of the power of the air, right? You have to begin to deal with demonic forces, principalities, powers, the rulers of a darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly realms. So understand, we don't fight like the world fights, but God has given us supernatural, spiritual weapons of warfare. And our weapons are mighty. Look at somebody and say, your weapons are mighty. Let me say it like this. <clears throat> I, you know, thank God for Tyndall Air Force Base, and thank God it's going to be better than it was before. Amen. Thank God for the restoration that God is doing. But I want you to understand that your weapon of warfare is greater than an F-22. It's greater than an F-35. It's greater than a tank. It's greater than a. It's greater than a missile. Your weapons of warfare have power in the spirit to totally demolish and destroy the strongholds of hell. Amen. Look at somebody and say, they're mighty, praise the Lord. Now, this morning I want to share briefly on what I call the weapons of David because what you have to understand is everything that we see written in the Old Testament, it was written there for our example. And Paul actually bears that out in 1 Corinthians 10, 11. You don't turn there right now, but it says all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So everything that we read in the Old Testament, it is giving us an illustration. It is giving an example. It is giving a... It is illuminating a biblical principle, a spiritual principle that God has enacted uh, of whether it's things that we should do or whether it's things that we shouldn't do, okay? And so everything we read in the Old Testament, it is showing, as a matter of fact, do you know that the only Bible that Paul ever preached out of was the Old Testament? 
Do you realize that the only Bible that Peter ever preached out of was the Old Testament? That's all they had to preach out of. Now, thank God for the New Covenant. Thank God for our New Testament. But understand this. We have to realize that all the things that we have written there in the Old Testament, they are there for our example so that we can learn from them. And so uh, I think most of you know already the story of David and Goliath. How many ever heard the story of David and Goliath? Everybody here, if you've been in this church any length of time, I know you have. Uh, as a matter of fact, I learned about David and Goliath whenever I was a little boy, just in Sunday school. And I don't know if anybody remembers the days of the flannel graft. Does anybody remember those days? The flannel graft, and we had little cutout figures, and they'd put out there, and we'd go, ooh, isn't that great? You know, now we got lights, camera, live action figures, and, and all the other things that we have over in our kids' church. And, uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'm glad for the flannel, flannel graft. You know, it was wonderful, and it began to illustrate some things uh, uh, that, and we began to learn things about David and about Goliath and about all the things that happened there on the battlefield. And so I'm not going to try to articulate and go through everything. We don't really have sufficient time this morning. But most of us are very familiar from verse 45 on down. If you just, if you'll pull that up, uh, we're going to start with verse 45, 1 Samuel uh, 17, 45. And David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Verse 46. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. Listen, David isn't playing right now, okay? I mean, you, listen, there's got to be a little attitude that begins to arise within you if you're going to be able to wage effective spiritual warfare. At some point in time, you have to throw down the gauntlet and say, devil, no more. Hallelujah. You're not going, you're not going past the bloodline. Amen. And uh, this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth and to all the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Verse 47, then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. What he's saying here is the Lord's not going to save by natural weapons. He's not going to save by the weapons that you think. By the way, the way that God usually brings victory is not the way that you think that he's going to bring victory. And many times goes through, comes through a channel that you never thought of or you never dreamed of. Don't limit what God will do within your life. And don't think that he's limited to one channel or one flow. Hallelujah. He doesn't save by sword and spear. May I say to us as a church body, understand God's not going to save us by sword and spear. Hear this, for the battle is the Lord's, hallelujah, and he will give you into our hands, verse 48. And so it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to make David, he was mad at that moment, that David hurried and ran toward the army to uh, meet the Philistine. David didn't run away, he ran to the battle, verse 50, uh, but verse 49, and David, go back, go back. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. And then verse 50, it says, so David prevailed. Everybody say, David prevailed. David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. How many of you know that is not what we call ordinary weapons of warfare? I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, a sling and a stone was something you played with. Right? It was a toy. Anybody remember having a slingshot? Did anybody ever have a slingshot growing up? You know, I mean, we would play with those things. Now, I, my mom and dad told me, don't you shoot that at your brother, you know? <laughs> times I wanted to, but I didn't, praise the Lord. He did it me, but anyway, I didn't do it back. 
And so we had some, sometimes you had some mean kids and they'd put marbles. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They put marbles in those, said less restriction. They put marbles in those things and shoot them at people. But, but the reality is, I mean, you wouldn't, you, you, you wouldn't kill somebody, but you, you'd make something sting, okay? So a, a sling and a stone, that's not ordinary. Weapons of warfare, it's not what you use every day. And David is saying, you know what? God's causing us to prevail, not with the ordinary weapons. Listen, this is important for you to get today that God is going to cause you to prevail and God's going to cause victory to come into your life, be manifested within your life, not because of ordinary weapons. He has a unique strategy that he's going to bring into your life where you're going to pick up spiritual weapons of warfare and see the victory accomplished within your life. Amen? And so I didn't finish reading that verse, but it goes on to say, with a sling and a stone that, and, and struck the Philistine, killed him, but there was no sword in his hand. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew out his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Praise God. Listen, I want you to tell you, I, I, I really, I, I want you to get a hold of this today that I really believe the Lord is bringing you into a place and a space where the enemy is going to begin to run away from you. I said the enemy is going to begin to run away from you. I'm going to say it one more time. I'm prophesying to you today that the enemy is going to begin to run away from you. But you're going to have to pick up some spiritual weapons of warfare. It's not going to be because of natural weapons. It's not because of anything that you manipulated in the natural. It's going to be because you picked up your spiritual weapons of warfare. Because the God, listen, God doesn't save by the sword and the spear, but he will save. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they will be saved. Hallelujah. Amen. So David was fighting, and he points it out. I'm not fighting with natural weapons. I'm not fighting with the conventional weapons of warfare, the way that we've all been trained. As a matter of fact, the entire army had an opportunity to face Goliath, but nobody would even go out there. You know, normally they would put on armor. Normally they'd have their sword. Normally they would have their spears. Normally they'd have their javelins. Normally they would have all the other arsenal that may be at their disposal. But David goes out there. He has no armor on and the only thing he has in his hand is a, is a sling, and he's got a pouch that he has five stones. And understand that, you know, there's the way that God will have us bring, uh, see us, uh, see victory come forth within our lives many times is non-conventional. As a matter of fact, many people will shake their heads and go, what you're doing doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make, has anybody ever told you that it just doesn't make any sense? But you know what? You have to understand there's a way and there's a path that God has commanded me to walk down. I know to some people it might not make any sense, and I'm not talking about being foolish, but I'm just telling you that many times the ways of the Lord do not make sense sense to the natural mind. The natural mind says that you need to do it this way. The natural mind says, you know what, you got a need, so you need to hang on to every little scent that you have. But you understand that the spiritual mind, the weapons of our warfare say this, you know what, I have a need right now, I need to sow some seed. Are y'all following what I'm saying? See, the, God, the way that we do things is not conventional. You know, we don't hoard Whenever it seems like we come into a hard place, no, that's the time that we begin to give and we begin to, uh, begin to de declare the word of the Lord. 
You know what? When there's sickness and that's trying to ravage our body, we don't go around talking to everybody about how sick we are. What we do is we begin to pray and declare the word of the Lord. And we begin to have uh, hands laid upon us. And we begin to speak, by his stripes, I am healed. Himself took my infirmities and he bore my sicknesses and disease. Amen? You get anything out of this? So David was fighting with some weapons. And I want to point out some of those weapons to you this morning. The first one is actually one that Pastor Joshua pointed out last week. And it's probably one of the greatest weapons of warfare that so many people overlook. And that is this, obedience. Everybody say obedience. David regarded the word of his father. His father told him, go to the front lines and I want you to take some bread and cheese. I just want you to be the delivery boy. That's all I want you to do. I just want you to go and deliver some food to your brothers. They're on the front line. They're hungry. They need something to eat. You know what? David positioned himself to see a great victory solely because he would obey. Understand this. You'll never see victory until, first of all, you obey. I'll say it again. You'll never see victory until, first of all, you obey. You have to make a decision. I'm going to obey God. Look at somebody and say, we're going to obey God. Look at somebody and say, I'm going to obey God. Look at somebody else and say, you ought to obey God. How many obedience is important? You know, I was raised in the family. I don't know if anybody else was raised in the family, but I learned from my mom and dad that obedience was better than sacrifice. It was either obey or I sacrificed my behind. That was one or the other. I don't know if anybody else was raised in that manner. By the way, I got a few spankings growing up, and uh, a couple of times Daddy actually told me, he said, you go into there, and he's right here. He can tell you. He'll verify. He did it. Yes, he did. He said, go in there, and get, I want you to get a belt for me. Now, nobody does this today, you know, but, you know, I, I, we, there, was just a t there was a little bit of humiliation that went along with the discipline. Today, you know, you can't do that. You might harm the kids for life. I don't know, maybe you think I'm harmed for life, but you know, I think I turned out okay. <laughs> but the reality, you know, he, he, well, I'd have to go in there and get a belt and bring it to him. And, and, and you know what? And it, it, it hurt a little bit, hurt a little bit for a moment, stung a little bit. And, and by the way, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you what happened to me, okay? And I'm not promoting anything. Please don't do anything that's going to get you in trouble, all right? I'm not, I'm not promoting anybody to go beat their children. Does everybody understand that? I've got to make sure that everybody's clear on that. We're not promoting the beating of children. We love our children. By the way, my children can tell you that I, they were hugged on more than anything else. And by the way, my mom and dad, they loved on me more than anything else. And they supported anything that I was ever in. I thank God for my mom and dad who are right here. And daddy's 80 years old. Mama's, she's getting real close. Y'all give them a big praise God. Hallelujah. Do you realize, listen, every church today we have had since we started this church uh, over 26 years ago, they have been at every work day that we've ever had at the church. Anytime we have a fellowship, you know, they're always there. They're always cooking. Thank God for people who are willing to lay down their lives and serve the body of Christ. Amen? I'll just brag on my mom and dad here for just a moment. But anyway, the reality, they taught me that obey is better. It's better to obey. See, understand this, there is always a blessing on the other side of obedience. You may not see it immediately, but I'm telling you, there is always a blessing on the other side of obedience. And let me also say this, there is always a consequence on the other side of disobedience. When you choose to not obey God, ultimately it's going to be, uh, lead, be it will lead to a consequence within your life. And I will tell you too, obey is much better. 
See, David was a doer of the word. He, he did exactly what his daddy told him to do. He wasn't looking for a fight. He wasn't looking for an opportunity to make himself something that he wasn't. He was just being obedient to what his father told him to do. Hear this. If you will just be obedient to what God tells you to do, I'm telling you, you're going to come out on the other side in victory. Hallelujah. David didn't argue with his father. David didn't rebel against the directive that his father gave him. Let me tell you, I have seen so many people short circuit and forfeit the destiny that God had for them all because they kept arguing with spiritual authority and spiritual fathers in their life and decided they were going to do things their own way and all Ultimately, they ended up crashing. I've seen it happen over and over again. Now, 2 Corinthians 10, we already, we quoted part of the scripture. It said, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God. But many times people don't read on down to verse 6, and it says this, since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, this is a different translation, since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish all trace or any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. What it's actually saying is this, whenever you choose to obey, your weapons become active against the forces of hell. Whenever you choose to obey, something takes place. Obedience is the activating force of the weapons that God has given to you. Victory and breakthrough are always on the other side of obedience. Amen? The second thing that David enacted was this. He had singleness of vision. Many times people don't see that as a weapon of warfare, but it is. In other words, he did not allow himself to be distracted. Understand, I don't, you know, if an airplane pilot is in a dogfight and he gets distracted from his enemy, ultimately he's going to get shot down. And understand this, you can't allow yourself to get distracted from what the Lord has told you to do. You can't get distracted from what is in front of you. You can't get distracted from the call of God. You can't get distracted because there's many things that are out there today in the world. And by the way, again, I take my chance once again to kind of hit social media. But And thank God for social media. There's some wonderful things that are derived from it. But unfortunately, there are a lot of people that are distracted by social media today. There are a lot of people that get distracted by social media today. And they're spending a lot more time on Facebook than in the face of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And we got to understand that many of those things, although maybe not bad, they can become distractions within our lives. You've got to keep a singleness of vision. David kept his eye on the prize. Because whenever he got there and he heard about Goliath, he said this. He overheard them talking. He said, what's going to be done for the man What's going to be done for the person that takes away this reproach from Israel? What's going to be done for the man that takes down Goliath? And they told David. He asked him actually twice, what's going to be done? You see, David kept his eye on the prize. He kept focused because he knew that although I might be going through, through some things right now, there's a prize on the other side of it. Listen, you might be going through some things this morning, but I'm telling you, there's a prize on the other side if you'll keep your eye single, if you'll keep your vision focused. How many of you believe in God for something right now, something to transpire within your life? I'm telling you, if you'll just keep your vision a single and you won't allow yourself to be distracted, keep doing what you know to do. There have been times within our lives, Pastor Stacy and I, we just had to keep on doing what was right even whenever it seemed like nothing was going right. You ever been there? You're doing everything right, but it doesn't seem like everything, anything's going right. 
But you have to make a decision. I'm going to keep doing what's right regardless of what I'm looking at right now. I'm going to keep confessing the word. I'm going to keep declaring the word. I'm going to keep on giving. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on prophesying. Even when it seems as though there's no breakthrough, if I'll keep on doing it, I'm telling you, breakthrough will come. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, breakthrough will come. The Bible says that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. Jesus is in the middle of enduring the cross, all the suffering and the shame, and what enabled him and empowered him to be able to do it was this. It was the joy that was set before him. See, Jesus was looking at the joy on the other side. He wasn't looking at the cross. He wasn't looking at the nails. He wasn't looking at this, this, the, 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 uh, the, the whip that was being used to beat him with. He wasn't looking at the trial. Jesus wasn't all caught up in the situation. Listen, there's so many believers, and you see it all the time, them posting it out. They're always caught up in what's going on in their life. Can I tell you to get caught up in the prize that God has in front of you? You get caught up in all the pain that you're suffering, and I got to let everybody know, and you rehearse the pain, and you rehearse everything that's going on, and all the bad stuff. My friend, uh, get a life. Hallelujah. Get the life of God, and begin to rehearse the joy that was set before you. Begin to talk about breakthrough. Begin to talk about victory, and begin to talk about triumph. Amen? Listen, anybody, everybody's got something to complain about, right? How many got at least one thing you could, don't, don't think about it, but anyway, got at least one thing, right? All of us have one thing we can complain about. All of us have at least one thing we could fuss about. You know what? And if you spend all your time focusing in on that, then you're going to be consumed by that, and you'll be distracted by that, and you'll never see victory and triumph. Amen? Y'all getting something out of this? The third thing was this. This is a weapon of warfare, and that is this, the revelation of covenant. Let me say it another way. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is greater. The blood of Jesus is greater. The covenant that you have is greater. David had a revelation of covenant. That's the reason that David, before he went out there to face him, he said this, who is, who is this, who is this? Shout it out. Who is this? Understand this. David was not attempting to make a commentary on his anatomy. David was letting everybody know this guy doesn't have a covenant. I have a covenant. Goliath doesn't have a covenant. I've got a covenant. Can you look at somebody today and say, I have a covenant? Come on, tell them. I have a covenant. Look at somebody and say, the devil doesn't have a covenant. Look at somebody else and say, he don't have a chance. Hallelujah. See, David went out there and said, I've got a covenant. Who's this uncircumcised? This guy doesn't even have a covenant. He's toast already. Doesn't he realize who I am? Doesn't he realize who he's not? Amen? You have to realize whenever the enemy throws everything at you that you have a covenant that has signed, sealed, and delivered by the very blood of Jesus and the blood that speaks greater things than that of Abel, the blood that speaks greater things than that of sin, the blood that speaks greater things than that of sickness and disease and oppression and family problems and every other issue that you might be facing. I'm telling you that the blood of Jesus is greater. Hallelujah. It's a weapon that we use to fight with. 
There's the bloodline. Can't touch this. I'm going to say it one more time. I won't do the MC Hammer thing, okay? All right. I'll spare you. Here's the bloodline. Can't touch this. Come on, you can't touch this. Nah, 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 nah. You can't touch this. I'm about to cut the rug now, I'm telling you. Nah, 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 I can't touch this. Some of you might have to get in your house and go, nah, 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 you can't touch this. It may seem like all the hell is breaking out and you might have to put on your baggy pants. Nah, 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 can't touch this, hallelujah. Devil, you can't touch this. Amen? Hey, you get some joy out of it. Everybody that's looking there will also, so they'll get, get a good laugh. But seriously, you listen, I've got a covenant. You can't touch this. I'm covered by the very blood of Jesus. I said, I am covered by the very, oh, I'm covered by the blood. Boy, we need to get a revelation of the power of the blood of Jesus. The blood will never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. It will never lose its power. Woo! Oh, excuse me while I get a little excited today. I start talking about fighting and something just gets done. And, and I'm not, my mom and dad will tell you, I mean, I was, I was a passive individual. I'd never gotten fights on the playground. You know, the fights I got in were very short. The guy hit me, I hit the ground, it was over. I was, it was drilled in me, turned the other cheek so much. And the reason for it is because I had a brother that was a little bit feisty and I had to learn to turn the other cheek. And I was always turning the other cheek and I carried on over into school and somebody do something to me, I just turned the other cheek or, you know, anyway, but nonetheless. So I, I'm not in the natural a fighter. I, I'm not a brawler, but I'm telling you there's something on the inside of each and every one of us. The lion of the tribe of Judah wants to roar through you. I said the lion of the tribe of Judah. I'm not talking about natural warfare. I'm talking about a spiritual warfare where you take up your weapons of warfare and you say the blood of Jesus is greater. Lord, we thank you for the blood. We declare the blood over this area. We declare the blood over this region. We declare the blood over this state. We declare the blood over this nation. We declare righteousness will prevail in the name of Jesus. Amen? I declare the blood over my family. I don't care how far they've gone. I don't care what they're doing right now. The blood is greater. Listen, I've seen some people turn around that I never thought would turn around. I watched my brother-in-law who cursed uh, Pastor Stacy on the phone. It was her brother, cursed, cursed her out told, and said, I'll never serve the God that you serve. You know what? But <laughs> the blood is greater. First service that we ever had in this building, second service actually, but the first service was on Victory Sunday 2009. The second service was Easter Sunday, and we prayed and we believed God in the very person that said, I'll never serve the God that you serve. He, he stood right there, his hands lifted up high, tears streaming down his face. God delivered him, God set him free, God filled him with the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. Don't you listen, nothing is too difficult for the Lord. The blood's greater. 
There's somebody here you believe in right now for your children. I'm telling you, the blood is greater. They may be running right now, but I'm telling you, the blood is greater. You've got a covenant that says if you believe upon the Lord, that not only would you be saved, but your entire household would be saved. Amen? I know I'm preaching this morning. I'm, I'm here to encourage you and let you know you got some weapons, and if you'll just take those weapons of warfare out. Listen, some of you have been hiding those weapons of warfare. You may have hit them all during COVID. Listen, take them out, dust them off, and start going with them once again, all right? I mean, we didn't, but anyway, I'm just saying, let's, let's use the weapons of warfare. You've got to have a revelation of covenant. The next one is this, David remembered. Everybody say he remembered. Whenever David was asked by Saul wanted to suit him up in his armor. What David said, look, Saul, you don't understand. King Saul, with all due respect, your armor is really pretty. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's great. It's the greatest, okay? It's the greatest armor in all of Israel. It looks really sweet, okay? But the reality is it doesn't fit me. I've never walked out with this kind of armor, and I think it looks wonderful on you. I mean, it was made for you. Your tailor did a wonderful job. But you know what? It doesn't fit me. That's not the way that I fight. I got something different, right? By the way, I just want you to know, you know what? I was watching, my watching, watching Daddy's sheep. I was doing what Daddy told me to do. I was walking in obedience. And guess what? A bear came. You know what? I grabbed that bear by the throat. I, I killed that bear. Now I got a bear skin rug in my house. Oh, and by the way, I was watching another time and a lion came and grabbed a sheep. You know what I did? I actually took the sheep out of the, think about this. I took the sheep out of the mouth of the lion. Okay, usually if you're going to deal with it, I, I kind of thought about this one time. I was thinking if I was David, I would have said, let that be a type and a shadow of the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> Not David. He's going to hawk the lion down. Think about this. It's not like the lion grabs the sheep and just stays there. The lion grabs the sheep, starts running off. David hawks the lion down, runs the lion down. There's a lot that can be taught about this that I don't have time to get into. Grabs it, and he said, it actually said, I grabbed him by the beard. <laughs> Think about it. I'm grabbing a lion by the beard. Hey, I don't care how tame a lion is. You don't grab a lion by the beard. As a matter of fact, you don't grab a man by the beard, right? Grabs him by the beard. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this guy down. Rescues the sheep, kills the lion, and now he's got a lion rug. Got a bear rug and a lion rug. See, you got to understand, this is what David was doing. Because at the moment in time, he was being discouraged by Saul. Saul was saying, you're just a boy. You can't do it. You ain't got what it takes. You ever had anybody tell you, you ain't got what it takes? You know what? I've had people tell me that. You don't have that. I had people, when we started this church, said, you're not a pastor. You know what? And I was having trouble believing it myself. I didn't really, other than the fact that I knew that God had called to start a church, I didn't think I was a pastor. I mean, I love Jesus, but I just didn't care for people. I love you with the love of the Lord, but get out of my face. Okay, I just, you know, God bless you, hallelujah, love you. But, you know, I just I didn't really care for being around people. And, uh, but I mean, we had people, I had one pastor one time tell me, said this, you'll never go anywhere in ministry as long as you're married to that woman. 
It was the Saul, you know what I had to do? I had to stay, still stay working there even after those words because those are fighting words for most men. You can call me Ray, you can call me Jay, you can call me anything, but don't you talk about my woman, right? Right? Don't talk about my wife. And I just sit there and just, ooh. You know, hey, how you like me now? I, I don't mean that, understand? I'm not saying that in a brag, I'm not saying that in an arrogant way. I'm just saying, you know what? People are going to try to discourage you. There's going to be naysayers out there. You're going to have critics out there. And you just have to say, you know what? I, 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 you know, I remember whenever God did this. And I remember whenever God did this. And you may say that I don't have what it takes to make it. But I'm telling you, thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? David rehearsed his victories. I'm going to have to move on to the last thing, and that is this. David used the name of the Lord. The name of Jesus is the most powerful weapon, one of the most powerful weapons that you have at your disposal. As a matter of fact, everything that we do, we should be doing in the name of Jesus. If we can't do it in the name of Jesus, then we don't need to do it. I'll say it again. If we can't do it in the name of Jesus, then we don't need to be doing it. That's the reason you ought not be sinning, because you shouldn't be sinning in the name of Jesus. Right? If it's not righteous, if it's not holy, if it's not just, whatsoever things are just, pure, lovely, if there be any virtue, be any praise, think on these things. And Paul actually said, whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus. Right? And so understand this. The day, why is that? Because the name of Jesus is such a powerful weapon of warfare. And that's what David said. He said, I'm not fighting on your terms, Goliath. I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus. May I say this, I'm not fighting the devil on his terms. I'm coming in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to get down on that level. Listen, the devil's underneath your feet. Why would you try to even get down to the level that the devil wants to fight you on? You've got to realize that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and name, every name that is named under heaven and in earth. That's where I'm seated. I'm seated in the high places, praise God. And the devil is underneath my feet. So understand, I'm not going to get down on the same level of the world and the way that the devil wants to fight. I'm going to live up here and live on a higher plane. Amen? And listen, you do that by taking the name of Jesus. He said, I'm not fighting on your terms. I'm coming in the name of the Lord. Why? Because the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. If we attempt to fight in our own power, we're going to end up losing. But if we will fight with the name of Jesus, we will win every time. Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet today? Um, listen, God has called us to win. He's called us to a, a battle really that's already fixed. We just have to begin to take up our weapons of warfare. We have to begin to declare the name of Jesus. How many know the name of Jesus is greater than any other name? This is actually what the Bible says concerning the name of Jesus. There's so many scriptures, particularly in the New Testament, about the name of the Lord. Philippians 2, 9 and 10 says this, that the name, he's been given a name which is above every name. Say every name. His name's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on earth, and those under the earth. At the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. At the name of Jesus, sickness must bow. 
At every, at the name of Jesus, oppression must bow. At the name of Jesus, every form of, uh, 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 of, of attack that the enemy would try to mount against believers, it must bow its knee. Can you lift your hands right now? Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.